everyone. I'm Denise Garth, Chief Strategy Officer at Majesco, and you're listening to the Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast series. Follow along as I interview the best and brightest leaders in the insurance industry and insure tech landscape to bring you the latest in digital transformation, innovation, industry trends, challenges, and opportunities, as well as next-gen technologies. We use our experience to anticipate what's next without losing sight of what's now. Stay tuned to find out your next now. Welcome, everybody, to the Future of Insurance podcast series with industry leaders. I'm thrilled today to have Celeste Good, Senior Director at Capgemini, one of our strategic partners, joining me today. Celeste, welcome. Hi, Denise. Thanks for having me. Really glad to be here. Glad to have you. I always like to start off the podcast, Celeste, for people to give a little bit of background about themselves and also Capgemini and our partnership. I think that'd be great for the audience just to get a perspective. As you said, I'm a senior director with Capgemini. For the better part of 15 years, maybe a little more, I've been specializing in billing transformations across the globe, primarily in North America, but in many other countries too. In my overall career, I've worked as an employee for a couple of different PNC and life carriers. And in my career with Capgemini, I lead our billing practice and our billing transformation practice, which of course includes helping our customers with Majesco transformations. Capgemini has a really solid partnership with Majesco. I'm dating back to 2018. I'm thrilled to say at present, we have under our belts or in progress some 25 plus engagement. In our history with Majesco, dating back only as recently as 2020, we had around 10 or fewer dedicated Majesco FTEs experienced a lot of growth in this area, bringing us to today where we have around 300 Majesco dedicated FTE. So the future looks great with Capgemini and Majesco and we're thrilled. Yeah, we're thrilled too to be partnering with you guys because change is rampant in this industry. We have a lot of customers that have a lot of initiatives that they want to get accomplished and the partnership is really valuable for that. Yes. When we talked, we talked about billing and particularly property and casualty billing, which is one of the areas of expertise you have as being like a puzzle, like a Rubik's Cube. I love Rubik's Cubes. Never been able to to do it effectively. It takes me forever to try to get it there. I just think it's an interesting concept. Talk about what you mean. Yeah, I love this analogy because I think it really helps people to understand the complexities that live in billing. Anyone is familiar with billing or, or works on billing transformations. We're used to hearing things like, Celeste, it, it's just billing. How complicated could it be? In fact, it's very complicated. And I liken it, if we compare it to, let's say, a policy implementation. Policy implementations are, I consider them to be a a large puzzle. They take a lot more people than what it takes for a billing implementation. They take a lot longer, but they're like a 10,000 piece puzzle. Mm -hmm. It's a flat puzzle. We're dealing with question sets and things like that in policy. Billing, on the other hand, is a puzzle. It's a much smaller puzzle. It takes a shorter amount of time to put it together, but it's like a Rubik's Cube in that. If you turn one thing, you are impacting something else. And it gets quite complex. 
And it's interesting, Denise, when you said you, you haven't, I'm imagining you weren't able to get all sides. Like most people, we know a lot of people who can maybe get one side of a Rubik's Cube or two sides of a Rubik's Cube. And that really emphasizes why customers and carriers need to ensure they've got billing experts because it's that difficult. I think it's difficult, but it's so really important in today's environment about customer experience. And billing really is at the center of redefining that customer experience because it's the one area that insurance companies are constantly engagement with a customer or in conversations with a customer. Talk about why you kind of have to think about billing moving from that back office to the center of redefining that customer experience. It's interesting throughout the history of, of PNC billing, billing was always driven by what works best for the back office within carriers. There really wasn't much thought given to billing being a customer experience. If you think about the evolution in insurance, it wasn't all that long ago that we were first able to start taking ACH payments. So the lack of options out there for a customer didn't really have much to do with the customer experience. However, the world has changed in so many ways that impact that have created now this space for billing to define the customer experience. And in some ways that a lot of people don't think about in one important way is the takeover of social media. In today's world, if a customer has a bad billing experience, let's say their bill is incorrect, they're inadvertently canceled. With the advent of social media, carriers run the risk of that customer jumping on Google reviews and instantly giving a review about their bad customer experience or yelping a bad customer experience. So in one way, in one huge way, carriers have been more motivated now to ensure a good customer experience. Of course, the other piece of this is the innovations in payment technology that have now opened up a number of different ways for customers to pay. And data shows us that a carrier cannot provide a customer the way that a payment method in the manner that they want, it will impact their buying decisions. So there are a lot of things that have opened this up to a customer experience now. Customers have more choices than ever before. That really flows into these broadening set of expectations that customers have because of how they're doing business with other organizations or other industries, the types of products that they've got. They have a much higher level of expectation around digital billing and payments, including alternative payment options and seamless service and more, but it's more than just payments. It can also be a, how they accept making their premium payments, but also how they're getting their claims, you know, when they have a first notice of loss and they, they're going to get claimant. Share your views on the interest in these different payment options and this whole focus on digital billing and payments. I'll take it even in a slightly different direction in terms of customer expectation. What I'm seeing out there in the field is the customer expectations are exploding around self-servicing capabilities. When you look at other industries, there are a number of different options for a customer to service their own subscriptions or anything like that. And there are still some areas in the insurance industry where we're lagging behind that. Customers today do not want to pick up a phone and have to call a carrier to change a payment plan or to change a payment method. They want self-servicing capabilities. And to go back to payments and self-servicing too, 
what we're really seeing out there that's a leading indicator is the ability to have text messages and a customer to hit that link on a text message and pay. Those are their expectations. So not only have we moved so rapidly from what is already a lagging indicator on self-service capabilities, we all thought we were doing great when we allowed a self-service capability to change your payment method by going to a customer portal. It's already rapidly evolved beyond that. A customer doesn't want to make a phone call and they don't want to log into a website. Send me the text. I'll hit the link. I'll send my payment. Those expectations are evolving very rapidly. Yeah, that really gets to that digital aspect. Self-service is such a key component of it from that perspective. But then you kind of extend that into these alternative payment options, whether they're paying their premium or they're getting their claims. You know, Venmo, given some of the, the recent kind of volatility there, but Apple Pay, there's wallets, everything is out there that there's this diversity of options that people are really kind of moving towards. And one of the things that you talked about that even makes it even more interesting is the potential use of a rewards game, but how you could actually be getting points and getting rewards, you know, based upon your payment. So talk about those two aspects, both the, the different options, and then this whole concept of the rewards game, which which I found fascinating. Yes. In the first instance, with the explosion of various digital payment options, one of the things I think is going to change fairly rapidly too, we've had this explosion of payment options. However, what's come with that is really a hit on carriers' profits due to increased merchant fees and interchange fees. So that, at the same time that insurers were offering more payment options, they were realizing that interchange fees continued to grow. I, I believe the maximum processing fee now is, is, is as high as 4%. So when we think about how the market may change and continue to evolve with payment options, yes, there's been volatility in, in Bitcoin, but at the same time, there are almost no interchange fees should a customer pay with Bitcoin. With wallets, there are still some interchange fees that at this point in time may be a little lower than your traditional credit card interchange fees, but they're bound to start creeping up. It'll be interesting to see how the mix of interchange fees combined with these various options may change in the future. It may drive carriers to make different options. It's tricky though, because of course the customer is not aware of those interchange fees and that doesn't matter to a customer. And it's a tricky space right now to try to pass those charges onto your customer. But yeah, then that dovetails into this notion of creating a long-term customer relationship through something like rewards. We've seen the explosion of reward points, building loyalty with certain credit cards and even with certain merchants. I don't know why there's any reason why we can't also apply that to the insurance industry. We know that loyalty is important even in the insurance business, of course. More loyalty brings in more new business too. And the insurance industry has been pretty good about coming up with different kinds of discounts, uh, discounts for no accidents, discounts for paying electronically and the like. I think there's room to maybe change some of those discounts into rewards points that this goes back to customer experience too. Rewards points could be used to pay for insurance or even build out that customer experience with different kinds of purchases with rewards points. I think the field is wide open to start to think about that. Certainly data shows that when a customer has reward points, it increases the likelihood of more frequent purchases. 
And again, it makes a customer become a brand advocate also. If you imagine a customer, maybe you give them referral points that they can then use for purchases. Imagine what that would do to turning your customer into more than a customer, turning them into a brand advocate where they are now recommending your products to their friends and family, even if just to get reward points. I haven't really seen anyone talking about it or doing anything in that space right now. I think it's fascinating. I'm very interested in coming up with some programs that might work in that space. Yeah, you know, it really gets into the concept that we've been tracking with customers in our primary research that they really want some value-added services kind of tied to it. And in many ways, you know, being able to accumulate points for no accidents or for being green, you know, that things are done digitally, a lot of different areas that you can kind of focus in on, that becomes a value-added service that they can use those points for something that they see a value. So it's kind of like a a low-hanging fruit in many different ways. It's one of those things, to your point, it, it does create loyalty. We all know how we've become loyal with the points that we've got with the businesses that we work with. Exactly. Exactly. When we talk about payment options, you know, oftentimes it's all about billing and the premiums coming in, but it's also about claims payouts. Unfortunately, this last year, we've seen a lot of claims payouts happen because of $18 billion uh, cat events in the U.S. alone. What trends are you seeing that people, you know, within insurance companies who are really responsible for billing and payments should be very attuned to? Certainly applying the same variety of payment options to claims payouts and refunds is the future. One of the interesting things that I continue to see too is the separation of billing systems from claims payments. Uh, Billing systems refund also. I'd like to see at least some customer wallet across a carrier's organization that would tie together any kind of payment options that customers may have on their claims payments aligned to their any refunds they may get from a billing system. So again, while we saw this big explosion in how to pay premiums, for some reason, we're just now catching up with it on paying on using those same ways to pay customers. You could, Why not use the same wallet to refund a claim payout or a refund? Now, I know in the actual billing space, many of the projects that I've been involved with, we are working on that, on expanding those refund options that utilize all of those innovative payment methods too. When we talk about all of these capabilities from trying to put this Rubik's Cube puzzle together, there are a lot of different considerations with regard to digital self-service, different types of payment options being able to do some of these value-added services like the points that some might uh, consider in the future. Talk about what are going to be the components of a technology platform from a front-end engagement portal to the core billing, some analytics, a gateway, and all of this really needs to be up in the cloud. Talk about you know your perspective on that and what you've been working with insurers on. Absolutely. Well, we are certainly in the last two years have started to see cloud adoption skyrocket. In the area of billing tech stack, we're also seeing a huge changeover in payment processors. Now that you've got Stripe, Recurly, and some others on the market, there is a big move to adopt some of these new innovative payment processors. Some of that is driven also by those interchange fees that we talked about before. 
Some of it is due to turning over a lot of the back office functions to these payment processors. Of course, these payment processors also come with pre-built APIs that certainly make the implementation and adoption of much more streamlined. The interesting thing that we're seeing still in portals is most of the customers that I work with have their own proprietary portals. I think you might see some movement in that area too that will come about from these new payment processors and their ready-built APIs. I think that will trigger a change and a transformation in some of the customer and sometimes agent-facing portals. What do you see as table stakes today for insurers and what's going to be the next level in the future for billing and payments? Yeah, that's a great question. Table stakes right now, and again, I think the PNC insurance industry is always just a, a tiny bit behind other industries in terms of payment technology, such that what's table stakes right now is carriers have to be able to offer electronic payments of a variety of kind, credit card, ACH. What I think table stakes will be tomorrow will be offering wallets, mobile wallets, text message payments. Those will be table stakes, literally any moment. I also think one area that is table stakes that is overlooked a lot is a comprehensive, easy to read bill presentment a digital bill presentment. Most of the customers I work with name this as one of their biggest pain points that drives a poor customer experience and a lot of back office phone calls. And it's interesting, you wouldn't think that would be the case. It sounds so simple, yet carriers are struggling with it. So table stakes to stay competitive in this market is careful attention to your digital and, and paper to the extent that you have it but digital bill presentment. So what's the next level in the future going to look like for billing and payments, especially with this younger generation of Gen Z and millennials that everything's digital. They like all different options for payments. It's a whole different world. It's hard to imagine that for personal insurance, the carriers will even offer a check option, to be honest. That will stick around for a while in business insurance and in commercial insurance. It's hard to imagine that paper in personal insurance will be around. It's just hard to imagine that. All of it will be driven digital. That will, of course, change the landscape too in discounts that are currently offered, drive adoption of digital. Those discounts may go away because of the complete adoption of digital. So those are some of the things we're looking at. But it opens up the opportunity maybe to do those points. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Celeste, I always like to kind of close out a podcast with a question that I've asked everybody, not to put the pressure on you, but we've only had two or three duplications of this. So the pressure's on for you to be kind of creative here. If you could pick one word to describe the future of insurance, what would it be and why? Well, I hope I don't disappoint in this regard. I'm going to say shape-shifting. Oh, that's a new one. I love it. That's great. I'm going to say shape-shifting because when we look at how insurance and its new products just seem to fill in all the right spaces, we're seeing it now with pay by the mile, with bundling insurance at the time of purchase. It's completely shape-shifting. I even saw the other day that it's moving in the direction of insurance products designed to insure cryptocurrency. That's shape-shifting if I've ever seen it. 
Yeah, it sure is. It really ties into, I think it needs to be shifting because we're seeing shifting types of risk. We're seeing growing types of risk. And because of that, we're also seeing different products that have to come to market to kind of meet those different risks, but even more so expectations of a different generation of customers who don't live the way that we did 20 years ago. Because of that, their risk profiles are very different. So I think shape shifting is a fabulous concept. I'm thrilled I didn't disappoint on that one. <laughs> no, and it kind of ties in with the Rubik's Cube because you're constantly shape shifting a Rubik's Cube to try to put something interesting together. That's so correct. Well, Celeste, as always, it's fun talking to you. Looking forward to really seeing where the future of billing and payments is really going. In particular, I'm really interested to see who's going to take the first opportunity to kind of move into those points and create a, a differentiation from a customer experience perspective and trying to drive more loyalty. Yes, me too. I hope I get there first. I hope you do too. <laughs> Thank you very much, Denise. That's it for this week's episode of Future of Insurance Industry Leaders podcast. Subscribe to our market-leading podcast series available wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in the next time.